demystifying business credit with a special guest and industry expert on today's episode. You are listening to the Champion Hustle Podcast. Play to succeed in business and in life. Featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black. Hello and welcome to the Champion Hustle Podcast. This is episode number 38. My name is Ryan Black. And my name is Levi Hunsaker. And we welcome you guys today. Levi, how you doing? Pretty good, Ryan. How you doing today? Doing incredible. I'm super excited about our guest today. This content, this is somebody who I know you've known for a long time, I've known for a long time, and has really added a lot of value to me and to the businesses that I've been running through his knowledge of credit. And uh, yes. is this, now where did we find where did we find our guest today? Did we find him? Was he like under a bridge or <laughs> was he like standing on the side of the highway with a sign? Is this just like some random guy or who? who well, we? <laughs> you know, we considered it. We looked at all of our options, but uh, you know, when we decided to, to bring an expert on, we wanted a real expert, an expert's expert, to be honest. And uh, our guest today is Eric Counts with creditnerds.com. And he's actually a certified federal witness in... Um, credit. Maybe you can talk to us a little bit about that uh, here in a minute, Eric. Um, he's been in the, the industry for oh, 12 plus years um, and his company actually is now flirting, yes I said it, flirting with $100 million in funded credit to businesses and on top of that he's built a an incredible software platform that other credit industry uh, people in the credit industry are using to run their credit businesses now. Over 2,000 of them are using this software. So when I say an expert's expert, I'm being serious. Yeah, well, and it's really important because especially in credit, the credit industry or just people in general online, there's a lot of misinformation about credit, how it works. And, and so, yeah, there's just a lot of misinformation out there. So we wanted to make sure that we brought to you guys the right guy, <laughs> the guy that truly knows his stuff, that's been around the block, and um, that's why we're honored to have you with us today. Eric, Eric Counts, welcome. Welcome to the Good morning, show. Morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Great. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today, Eric. Of course. Thank you for having me. So, Eric, can you um, tell us a little bit about, you know, the focus, the focus of our conversation today is going to be specifically kind of business credit. I sure. know that you're also, uh, you know, an expert as far as personal credit is concerned mm -hmm. or individual credit. Um, can you kind of start off just by clarifying that for our listeners? Because I think there's a lot of confusion. People think, oh, business credit, personal credit, it's the same thing, right? What are some of those kind of common misconceptions that maybe newer folks would have as it relates to okay, business credit, personal credit, two very distinct things. Very, very different and distinct things. Uh, you know, Ryan, the funny thing about the two is there are two polar opposites of misconceptions. You have the people who think they're the same thing, uh, that you know your personal and business credit are all, all tied together and that they're completely the same. And then you have the people that think that they are completely different and that as long as you have business credit, you don't even need personal credit. And they're two completely polar opposites of the same misconception. So if somebody said, Eric, what do I need to, to be successful in the credit industry, both business slash personal? The answer is I'm going to need a good business credit profile. I'm still going to need to handle my personal business. I'm still going to need to take care of my personal credit. Most businesses um, lower than $5 million a year in revenue 
uh, people that have been in business less than five years in time are going to need to have a good personal credit uh, background to really get their hands into good credit-based funding. But other than that, you're looking at, at an investor. And that's the thing where people get confused a lot is the difference between an investor and a lender. Those are two different things. So a person can invest in your company, couldn't, couldn't care less possibly about seeing your personal credit. Lenders, if it's a cash-based um, loan or, or line of credit that's for your business, they're still, most of them are still gonna wanna take a peek at your personal credit. And the difference is whether that's actually personally guaranteed and then also whether it's what's called personally reporting. So a line of credit could be a business line of credit that is not personally guaranteed and it doesn't report to your personal credit, but they still wanted to take a peek at your personal credit. So it's always, I, you know, I've got a, a phrase that I say called don't jump the creek. And it's this, <laughs> this ridiculous video I watched and it's this little girl, she walked up to a creek and there was three little step stones across. And she, she kind of looked at the first stone and put her foot out and she got kind of scared and pulled her foot back and tried it again, put her foot out and was like, ah, you know, I don't know. And she pulled her foot back. So what she did is she walked down about three steps and then she was just going to jump across because it was only a couple of feet across this creek. And she jumped and she made it so close, but landed right on the edge and fell back flat on her back, right into the water. And she was totally fine. Nobody got hurt. It was a funny little video. It was just a little bit of water, but uh, the, the, I guess the moral of that story was if she would have just taken the little step stones across the creek, she would have been fine, but she tried to jump and didn't make it and fell. And that's what so many business owners do is they try to jump the creek. And those three little step stones are getting your business credit in order, making sure your personal credit's in order, and then focusing on your company's revenue. Okay. So you get those three things and man, money, the other side of that creek is the promised land of money. There is no shortage of business money. There's plenty of business money out there. But if you try to jump the creek and you don't get your, your situation in order, you fall. And that's what happens to so many businesses. So then, Eric, what about somebody, because I'm sure there's people that are listening to the show that they're thinking, well, crap, I thought the business credit was all just based on the business either because of my age or whatever, I, I really don't have much of a personal credit profile, or I've had some challenges in the past, uh, you know, bankruptcy or divorce or, you know, different situations or maybe bad choices uh, right. that have led me to where my credit is just a disaster. Are those people screwed? They're not screwed. Um, they're, they're the same. There's everybody's still on the same side of that Creek when they start, everybody's on the same side. Um, so when I say get your business credit in order, guys, there's lots and lots of steps that you can do. And there's lots of small lines and vendor lines and net 30 lines and, and gas cards and things that you can get without really worrying about having good personal credit. The thing that I want to make the delineation of is so many people are, are selling some sort of service. Here's, here's a cool thing. I'm selling you guys nothing today. There's no pitch. I won't make a pitch on this podcast. I'm not going to pitch anything. So I have nothing to sell you. So many people are selling this business credit idea, this business credit training and business credit coaching and business credit consulting, and, and they're selling. In order to sell something, there has to be this big payoff at the end. So it gets oversold. And they're, oh, you can have horrible personal credit and get business credit. Well, that's true. 
So when I teach it, I teach a class on, on business finance and I say, can you get business credit with no personal guarantee? Yes, right? I get everybody in the crowd, yes, get them hyped up. Can you get business credit with, as a startup? You can start your company today and get business credit, is that true? Yes, that's true. Can you get business credit with no income? Yes. Can you get business credit with no revenue? Yes. Can you get business credit with no collateral? Yes. And we go through all of these different things, but the final slide says, but not all at the same time. Exactly. Right, not all at yep. the same time. So the idea of thinking, hey, listen, I could be homeless today and have a million dollars in business credit tomorrow makes no sense. Who is lending that money? And the answer is nobody. So anytime I see these people that are like, oh yeah, I'll get you this and I'll get you that. My, my answer is just, well, where? Where are you getting that money? Let me see it. Because I've asked this question in rooms of hundreds of people across the country and no one yet can show me a line of credit that they got with no personal guarantee, no personal credit check, as a startup with no revenue and no collateral. Doesn't exist. It does not exist. It's not a real thing. You mean people aren't willing to put their money at risk like that? <laughs> it's just crazy, isn't it? Okay. Uh, but there are ways to focus on getting money. And, and the answer is, instead of worrying about this, this fairy tale direction, I wanna give you guys a way, you know, in my class I talk a little bit about, hey listen, when you leave my class, you might be a little sad, but informed. <laughs> It's, you're gonna be informed because I don't, I don't have anything to sell you. Like I said, I don't have a, a business credit product to sell. So I'm just like, hey, here it is. Here, let me lay out the steps. Here's how you do it. And the answer is, uh, while you're building your business credit, also focus on building your personal credit. Also focus on trying to get your, your, your own house in order. Because when you start moving from uh, when somebody starts going through business credit, they go, oh yeah, I did my, you know, I got my, my uh, Dunn's number, I got my, my profile set up, I, I got a few net 30 lines, I got a gas card, but now I'm stuck. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stuck at that, at that step. And I'll go, great, I'm assuming you don't have very high revenue in your company. Yeah, we're just kind of getting started, no problem. I'm assuming you don't have good personal credit. Yeah, you know, I, I made some bad choices. Totally understand. I'm assuming you don't have any collateral to put up. Yeah, no, we don't have that. Of course you're stuck. Who's, who's giving that money? So you have to have something that goes in the, the best interest of the bank, whether it's collateral, whether it's inventory, whether it's revenue, whether it's personal credit, something has to be on your side. Something has to be on your side. Okay. So as you're looking at this and, and you want to make the best possible um, position for yourself going out and, and building your business credit. Um, a lot of people see that as kind of a daunting task. They don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. Um, I guess, how would you recommend getting started and how do you make yourself look sexy to the lenders? That's the best question <laughs> because you, you, you said, how do I make myself look sexy to the lenders? guys? What if I told you that there are absolutely people, and, and I'm gonna go to a, just a personal credit thing for just one second here. What if I told you there are absolutely people that have too good of credit for certain lenders? That's crazy. Right? So there are lenders that are, that are high revenue, like low uh, 
time frame, you know, very fast time frame, high revenue lenders. They want their people that are going to pay a big upfront fee. They're going to pay a yearly fee. They're going to pay really high interest. They're going to pay a lot of money really quickly, but they know that they're not going to be a long-term customer. The other side of that is there are lenders that are long-term low revenue customers. They don't, they don't, they work with people who don't pay a lot of interest. They're never going to be late. They're not going to pay over the limit fees. They're, they're not going to have any of that revenue. So the revenue is going to be very small. But, you know, when I pull out my Amex and it says customer since 2008, they know that that's a long-term relationship that they're, that they're creating. So there are lenders that you don't look sexy to because you have too good of credit. They're not going to make any money. So the answer is, it's not about just having the best credit, whether it's personal or business. It's about knowing that you look appealing to that lender. That's what it's really about. So you ask the perfect question, how do I make myself look sexy to the lender? The unfortunate part of that question is, which lender? Right? Who am I trying to make yeah. myself look sexy for? Am I trying to make myself look sexy for, for Chase? Or am I trying to make myself look sexy for Capital One? Or am I trying to make myself look sexy for, you know, a fifth third bank? Or who am I trying to make myself look sexy for? Because they're going to be looking for different people. So somebody in that startup mode, uh, guys, if you don't have great personal credit and you don't have, you know, uh, a strong business credit profile, you do not look sexy for Amex Platinum business. Trust me, you don't. They're, that's not who they're looking for. So if you say, how do I make myself look sexy for them? I'm going to say, well, you're going to need lots of long-term open accounts on both your business and personal long-term because what that company really, really looks for is consistency of, of credit, not, um, you know, what, how much they're going to make right off the bat. They're looking for, okay, this person keeps accounts open a very long time. But you look at something like uh, the, the, a card that I normally would have never spoken about in the past because it reported personally, uh, new card holders are now, it's not reporting. But the Capital One Spark card uh, for business is a much, that company is kind of a, a first step type of card, right? Now they still do check your personal credit, but they no longer report that card to your personal credit. The difference of those things happening is entrepreneurs constantly they'll go they'll they'll fund their business they'll use their personal credit but then all of that debt now reports to their personal credit they then go to try to buy their own house they try to buy their own car and they get turned down and they go well you know the, the, your debt to income ratios are off you've got too much debt here and the person goes yeah but that's my business's debt that's not me that's my business debt and they go well it's reporting on your on your personal credit so we have to count it so the big thing that i want to make sure that people are understanding is when people talk about this non-personally guaranteed uh, credit and when they talk about credit that doesn't affect your personal report, what they're talking about is credit that doesn't report to your personal credit reports. So it doesn't mean that they didn't check your personal credit. It means it just doesn't report to your personal credit. So if you ask me, how do I get money? I'm going to tell you, look sexy however you can. And, and I don't mean to take this into any type of a sexist or, or any, any type of way, but think about uh, a woman, a beautiful, beautiful woman. Doesn't that mean different things to different people and different guys? And some guys love, you know, uh, 
beautiful, dark complected brown eyes, you know, love. And some guys are like, oh, this beautiful. And every every woman in some man's eyes has their own beautiful part. Same thing with guys. I didn't mean it that way. I'm just a guy. So, um, but everybody can be beautiful in their own way to someone. So what you have to do is figure out, hey, which banks like goofy looking white dudes? And I'm like, oh, that's my <laughs> bank right there, you know? That's my jam. That's my jam. That's who, that's who likes me. So, but you get that idea of, of how do I look good in their eyes? And it's always going to be, well, my company has good revenue. Great. Find a bank that loves revenue. My company's been around a long time. I've got, even though I've only got like small types of accounts, I've kept them open for three, four, five years, and I've got good history built. This, great. There's my place. Or, hey, this bank doesn't care about how long I've been in business, but they're going to check my personal credit. As long as it's good, we're going to be good. And there's lots of those banks out there. So it's how do I look sexy? And then it's it's what do I have going for me? So if if some, you know, some guy is maybe not the, the best looking guy, let's say, but he's got a really great personality, right? Maybe he's kind of funny, probably got a beard. I don't know. So maybe some glasses, yeah. a green t-shirt. <laughs> it's, it's exactly. <laughs> but if somebody, you know, has that thing going for them then play that thing, play that card up, you know, like play what you have. So if you've got a long-term business, great, play that up. Talk about when you're in your uh, application phase, make sure you're being clear on how long you've been in business and, and you know, your profit and loss statements that you've, hey, we've got five years, even though it's not huge growth, we've got five years of growth. Or, hey, we're a brand new startup, but check it out in the first year we're all, or you know within the first three months we're already at, at a state of profit here or hey you know what i don't have any of those things but here's my personal credit that you can check to take a peek at what do you have going for you and then play up your strengths okay because it also sounds like you know it's really important that that we have a kind of a long-term um vision of what it is you're trying to achieve because there's so many different directions that you can head with business credit. Every business is different, their needs, right? And so it really sounds like you kind of have to start with the end in mind and saying, well, maybe, you know, two years from now or five years from now or whatever, this is where we want to be. These are the types of business uh, credit products that we want to have access to. And so that, that, that process or that journey of getting to there is going to be very different because mm-hmm. your end goal is is very different, right? Right off the bat, you're going to ask yourself, if I need money immediately, I need to decide if I'm looking for an, a lender or an investor. That's the big thing that you need to keep in mind. If there's no financial reason that somebody would give you the money, you're not looking for a lender. You're looking for an investor. So if somebody says, hey, I need a loan, and I'll say, great, let me see your profit and loss. Uh, you know what, I'm just getting started. Well, do you mind if I check your personal credit? Oh, that's bad. And I'll say, well, why would I give you the loan? And you say, man, you've got to see my idea. Lenders don't care about ideas. Investors care about your idea. So if the reason that you should get the loan is because of, of your idea, or it's because you found the perfect property, it's because you've made the perfect invention, if all of those things, you're looking for an investor and guys those exist as well you can pitch an idea to an investor and get money no personal guarantee they don't check your credit nothing but that's not a lender lenders make their decisions based upon one thing math and risk right the risk 
That's it. They don't care about anything else except the risk. So if you are risky for lenders, talk to investors, change that that mindset and understand that, okay, great, I need to put together a product pitch or a, a property pitch or an idea pitch to investors if I don't have anything financially that's that's going my way. Now, I do wanna give, if it's okay, if before long with you guys, I wanna give some tips on, listen, you still have to start building that business credit. Because yeah, the best absolutely. way to get there is that to That was gonna be my next question. Yes, you still have to do it. But I just want people to understand that it's a process. You know, don't jump that creek. Because if you jump the creek, you're gonna fall on your back. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's dive into that, Eric. Kind of what are some of those you know, for a lot of the listener, a lot of our listeners are probably thinking, okay, I've you know heard about business credit, like to get started, um, at least to kind of get some momentum going. Yeah. Even though we understand that it does take time, patience is required <laughs> for Absolutely. business credit, but at least to kind of start getting some movement going in the right direction, what would be some of those tips? So, I to, just to give you guys some, you know, okay, it takes time. It takes. I know we've get we've we've spoken a lot on the negative. And the only reason I really wanted to start that way is, is to get people a true understanding of the importance and why it matters and, and to stop giving all these people 3,800 bucks and $4,300 to, to build your business credit for you. Um, when first of all, it's just not that hard. And if there's a re if your reason is because my personal credit's bad, then that those services are not going to work anyway. Right. They're, they're just not. So when you're talking about building your personal or your business credit, like what are those, those steps, so to speak? Number one, you gotta have a business. I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm Jeff. And I'm like, what's your business? And it's like jeffsservices.com. And I'm like, well, Jeff, are you incorporated? No, you know, are you, how are you LLC? You got, nope, nope, just, uh, just Jeff. I'm like, well, Jeff, you're not gonna build a business credit profile because you're just Jeff, okay? I need you to have a business and a business is a entity that is actively exchanging money for a product or service, actively exchanging money for a product or service. Well, I'm not actively exchanging. Well, I need you to be doing something. I need you to be a business. Okay. Number two is uh, as crazy as people always think this sounds, it's very, very important to keep all of your business information the same. Uh, your Google listing that has your address and your phone number on it needs to be the same that's listed with yellow pages. It needs to be the same that's on 411. It needs to be the same that's listed at the attorney general's uh, uh, office. It, it, it needs to be the same everywhere that you go. Um, and, and again, I, I told you guys no pitch and, and I don't mean it at all. We actually do offer a service of making sure that all that information stays the same. So if you make a change, we go out and change it at like 184 different locations for you. Just, just one change. I'm not even going to talk about a price or anything like that. Cause I told you guys, I wasn't going to pitch you anything. If somebody will, well, they can get us later, but you have to keep that information the same because what happens is business businesses are legitimate. That's what banks look at. They go, businesses are legitimate. So businesses are going to have their ducks in a row. If I've got 14 different addresses listed around the, uh, you know, the internet, let's say, that means for one, why did I have 14 business addresses ever? Was I lying to those banks about the address or did I move my business 14 times in the last couple of years? Like either way, that looks bad. Right. It's also something that's important is banks like to legitimize your business without spending a lot of money. So 
guys, I will tell you that there are lenders that one of the first things they do is simply look to see if you're registered on Google My Business or at 411. That's the first thing they do. Because if you're not, they're going, well, this guy's not even a legitimate business. Why would we spend a bunch of money underwriting this loan? Because it costs money to underwrite a loan. They've got to pay somebody to take applications. They've got to pay, you get what I mean? Like when you start getting into a manual underwriting process, they're paying money to tell people no. So they want to tell people no as, as few times as possible. Uh, as fast because, as possible. Yeah, as fast as possible. Get out of here, you're a no. So if you don't make the automated part, you'll never make it to the manual underwriting part. So we got to get that automated part done. Uh, you're going to want to have an employer identification number from the IRS. Uh, you're going to want to get a DUNS number. Uh, there are services, lots of services that'll, that you can pay to get you a DUNS number. You don't have to pay to get a DUNS number. You can get one absolutely for free. Okay, don't you don't have to pay for that. And in fact, if you get any credit line of your business that reports to Dun & Bradstreet, you're issued a DUNS number because that's how they report that line. So if, and if you don't have one, if you want a DUNS number, the, the absolute easiest way is just get a loan or line of any kind that reports to Dun & Bradstreet in your business name because you're issued a DUNS number because that's how they store things. It's just your identification number at Dun & Bradstreet. So if you have any line reporting, you're getting a DUNS number. Does that make sense? Okay. Like it's, you just get that. Um, a big thing that a lot of people miss is uh, business credit changed quite a bit in from, uh, from how it was even five years ago, but definitely 10 years ago. There were a lot more of these banks that did things like Paydex scores and they would look at your, you know, your business score, let's say, and issue loans. What happened is they realized that the business credit uh, system was so easy to hack. And I don't, I don't mean hack in the sense of like hacking in, but it was, you guys know that hack is just like a manipulate, right? It was so easy to manipulate that lots of people were getting these, these paydex scores and then getting lots of money just thrown at them. And that's what triggered all of these misconceptions was for a while that did work. It did. And then it didn't and people had made a living around selling these services so they were like well i'm not going to stop selling them i'm just going to keep selling the same the same thing but now it just doesn't work you have to focus on longevity and the legitimacy of your business so open a business bank account separate from your personal bank account guys if you're if you're putting business money into your personal bank account you are making a huge huge mistake on so many fronts for one you shouldn't do that. And, and guys, I'm not a tax attorney at all, uh, not a CPA, understand that. But for one, you shouldn't do that for your tax purposes. Uh, for two, and again, not a, not a legal attorney here, but number two, you start flirting with breaking your own corporate veil if you're, if you're commingling those funds. Mm -hmm. You have to keep your business and personal separate or else the court is gonna go, yep, okay, great. So you're the same thing, awesome. That means anybody that sues your business can take your personal assets. So make sure to keep them separate, that's that. But for two, it's very important to have what's called a good bank rating. And a bank rating is how these, these business uh, credit lenders are looking at your bank account to help them decide if you are fundable or, or have good credibility. What a bank rating is, is gonna look into a couple of things. It's gonna look at your average daily balance. It's gonna look at your activity your recency of activity um, and your consistency of activity. 
Am I consistently making deposits? So always think about, I tell people, if you really want the best advice, take yourself out of your own role and put yourself into the lender's role and think, would I lend me money? First of all, if your answer is no, that's a problem, right? Fix that. Uh, but if your answer is yes, then you ask again, we ask that question, is it because of the idea or is it because of my finances? And if it's because of the idea, investors, right? Pitch investors. If it's because of your finances, great. Now let's talk to banks. So if your business bank account has a good bank rating, that's a major play, a major play in getting uh, business credit. That's not personally guaranteed. That's not, you know, going to go on your personal credit report, all of those things. But if you saw two bank accounts, and Ryan, I'll ask you, if you saw two bank accounts, Levi and I are both applying. Okay. Uh, I've got an average daily balance of $50,000 in my business bank account. That means on average, I keep about 50 grand in my business bank account. Okay. Okay. Um, Levi, on the other hand, has an average daily balance of $12,000 in his business bank account. Now on the surface, I win. Right. But when you look a little bit further, you see that a year and a half ago, I had a $50,000 deposit. And since then, I've had three transactions. I, I spent two grand, I had 3,000 come in, and I spent a thousand bucks in a year and a half. Those are the three transactions. Am I a legitimate business? No. No, I'm not actively exchanging money. Now, Levi, on the other hand, um, if you look his, yeah, his average daily balance is 12 grand, but he's every day money goes in, money comes out, he's transacting, he's growing a little over time. If you had to lend to one of those businesses, who are you looking at? Yeah, Levi. Levi. Levi's actively doing, he's on right, he's like this. Give guy. me your money. Okay, how much so, you need it? <laughs> just because a number exists, doesn't mean that that's a legitimate business. So when everybody's like, how do I focus on my business, uh, you know, especially in credit, it's really how do I make myself look as legitimate of a business as possible? And that means transacting business. So a good, a good bank rating um, is going to be about a five. They rank, you know, about a five bank rating. And that means I want you to keep uh, an average daily balance of $5,000 or more in your bank. 10,000 would be great if possible. Right, but but at least five thousand dollars, and then I need you to transact business. I need you to be making business purchases. I need you to be doing those things. I need money to be going out and in on a consistent basis because what we've noticed is is lenders look at that a lot, and even now a lot more than they used to. Um, if somebody's got a really really good business bank account, we can find money. I don't care if they've got business credit at all. If they've got a really good business bank account with actively taking in money every month and actively money going out every month and, and they're growing that way, you can you could not have personal or business credit and you can just focus on revenue funding. So there's lots of ways to fund a business. Business credit is is kind of one of the hardest ones to fund because business credit is now a lot more like your personal credit used to be that it's okay lines open a long time, they've got great incomes, they've got all of these things uh, playing for them. So what I really kind of push for is make sure that you get as many of those things as possible. 
Try to have revenue in your company. Try to keep your business accounts open a long time. Try to have those net 30 accounts that you've got great relationships with. Try to make sure that you keep a good amount in your business bank account, all of the things. So if you meet that, that person, you know, that we talked about and they've got a, a great face and she's funny and she's really smart and she, you get what I'm saying? Like that person that you meet that just goes, oh my gosh, they've got it all. They're right. so great. That's who you want to be is you want to be that well-rounded borrower. And those okay. are the, those are the steps guys. Now, everybody's going to hit you with this, you know, go to here, sign up for three net thirties. Then once those go, to be honest, yeah, sure. You're going to want to start with net 30 accounts. Uh, net 30 accounts are just uh, guys, they're, they're called net 30, but honestly, that's, that's uh, kind of a big umbrella because there's net 60 accounts, net 90 accounts. Um, a lot of uh, like convenience stores get net seven accounts where they bring in a product in the store on, let's say Monday, they sell all week. And then on next Monday, they bring in and refill the product and the store has to pay for the previous week's product. Hmm. So they get kind of fronted uh, like Coke has a Coca-Cola uh, distributors. A lot of distributors have a net seven. So each week you're just paying for the previous week's product. So Interesting. So it's a net whatever is just an account that means after X number of days, 30, 67, whatever it is, after that many days, the money's gotta be in the net, right? Gotta be back in the net. So net whatever. But those types of lines are easier to get because the company doesn't have as much overall risk. Normally when a company gives you like a net seven, net 30, whatever, all they're actually risking is the product, not the money. So if I give you $10,000 worth of product, I didn't give you $10,000 worth of money. I only gave you, I only risked however much it costs to make that product. Right. Right. So I'm only okay. risking my, my bottom number. So if, if I can make something for a dollar and I sell it to you for $3, I only risk the dollar. I didn't actually risk $3. That's why it's easier to get uh, those types of lines than it is to get cash spendable lines because they're only risking the product. So it's easier to get a line of credit with Lowe's that's only gonna offer, you know, the, the lumber and, you know, anything that you can buy at Lowe's because they're only risking their product. Now, when you move over to like a Lowe's a business Amex, my Lowe's card, cause I've got a line of credit with Lowe's, my Lowe's card, I use that for my materials and properties and things like that because I, for one, I get like a 5% discount, adds up way faster than you'd imagine. Um, but if I get a 5% discount, cool. Uh, so I use that for that, but I can technically spend my Lowe's card anywhere. Like I could go to, I could go to Home Depot and pay with my Lowe's card. If I decided <laughs> no, dun, dun, dun. dun, dun right. <laughs> so I could do that, but it's easier to get the line that you can only spend at Lowe's or only spend at Home Depot or only spend it at Walmart or only spend at Costco or only spend it Best Buy. Those are easier to get. Uh, so do get some of those. And, but what I want you to do is I want you to, to remember that business credit is not about just having the line. It's about using the line. So you have to have activity on your business credit profile. If you get that net 30 line with Granger, let's say, or if you get a net 30 line with Uline or whoever they, you know, they, that you get that line through, 
if you do that and then you never use it, you're not having updates on your report. You're not getting new and new things reported. You're just not getting that stuff. So it's not really helping. So you have to be using it. Okay. Awesome. Well, so so there's a lot of good nuggets in there and and I mean this was this was coming like a fire hose today. <laughs> so, yeah. you're going to have to for, folks are going to have to listen to this episode a few times cuz there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot that Eric's covered. I really just want everybody to understand, like I say it all the time, like when I really break down business credit at the end of the call or at the end of the class or at the end of the video, a lot of people are kind of disappointed, but informed, right? It's, would you rather be blissfully unaware and think that there's these magic lenders that are giving everybody money, or would you rather be intelligently informed so that you know that there are certain steps that you need to take to get money. And for me, I would rather know what steps I need to take. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean from a from a business perspective, like the magic wand of credit, well nobody knows when that's going to show up, right? But if you know the exact steps you need to take and you can control that and you can do it, well now you've just taken control of your business and your future of yes. especially in your finances. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you're, when you're talking with your lender, uh, you know, there's, there's lists, keep in mind things change. Uh, so if you find a list online and you see that it's dated 2013, remember that that list probably was correct in 2013, but there are lists of lenders and what they're going to check, what they're going to look at. Um, like, so for, for American Express, most of their business related accounts, they check a business uh, bureau called the Small Business Financial Exchange, the SBFE. They're not even looking at, at Dun & Bradstreet. They're looking at the Small Business Financial Exchange and they're going to check your personal credit. Which Amex is gonna check my personal credit? All of them are going to check your personal credit. Uh, if you, uh, now those cards that are in business for Amex don't report to your personal credit, that's cool. But if you uh, go into default, they're gonna to report to Dun & Bradstreet and your consumer credit file. They're checking, they're, they're checking a completely different bureau than they're even gonna report you to. So they're checking one place, and if you go negative, they're gonna report that to consumer credit and Dun & Bradstreet. Bank of America, on the other hand, if you, uh, they also check the Small Business Financial Exchange, which is, this is a reason that it's so important that lots of companies don't even check Dun & Bradstreet. Um, so there's so much more out there than a paydex score, guys. So, so much more out there. Uh, but Bank of America doesn't report to Dun & Bradstreet, but they do report if you go negative to consumer credit bureaus, right? Yeah, so there's there's so many possibilities, right? There, there's so many different ways that you can approach this. Um, I guess for a, this is a hard question because it also depends on your situation, your personal finances, what your business looks like, but you know, for your average startup mm -hmm. um, that that maybe has decent credit, not great, not horrible, like what is, I guess the the most straightforward way to get moving forward into building a business credit profile and being intentional about how to make that grow. The the number one way is to start with the things that you can control. 
right? I can control that I have my business set up legitimately. I can control that I have a business license. I can, I can control that I'm registered with my secretary of state. I can control all of those things. Get yourself legitimate. That's number one. Next is uh, starting with those kind of those net companies. And guys, keep in mind that, I know this, this will go a little bit deep here for one second, but here's who has great, great business credit, Walmart. Walmart has great, great business credit. One of the reasons is they use even like net 30, net 60, net 90, very, very effectively. So if I have a great new invention, you've seen their as seen on TV section over by the, uh, by the registers there of Walmart or Kmart or, or Target or that type of stuff, right? They've got this section and somebody's got a great new invention. They can go to the factory and say, hey, listen, we've got X number of stores. Uh, uh, we would like to buy your widget. It costs you a dollar to make the widget. You're selling them right now for $5 a piece. We would like a discount because we would like to buy a million of your widgets. And they go, yeah, man, I'd love to sell a million of these. And they say, great, can we get them for $3 instead of five? The factory says, sure. And Walmart says, but we also want a 90-day term. And they're like, okay, yeah. So what they've done is they bought 3 million widgets or excuse me, they bought a million widgets at $3, so they spent $3 million. They're gonna sell those widgets for $10 a piece. And what they've done is they've already calculated how many they can expect to sell within the first 90 days because they've already decided, I bet we can sell at least 300,000 of these widgets within the first 90 days. Well, what does that pay for? It pays for the entire inventory of those widgets. What do they still have left? 700,000 of those widgets. So you notice how when something goes into Walmart, it's got a higher price for the first three months and then it gets dumped over into that discount because once they've, once they've made all their money back plus profit, they don't really care everything. You know, when you can go in and you're like, is this, this is a dollar? You want a dollar for this? You want $4 for this thing? And they're like, yeah, because we already paid it all off. We just want profit and we want it gone. We want it out of here now and with as whatever profit we get out of it, we want it gone. So using net 30, 60 and 90 lines, guys, if I've got a, let's say I've got a great net 30 line with a, a print shop or a print printing and shipping. There's a lot of print shippings, right? Those types of places. If I get a great line of credit with printing and shipping, I could go in, have them print off a bunch of mailers for me. I could have the shipping, I could have them sent, all that stuff. And if I know I've got a good return on my mailers, now guys, don't get me wrong. I, everything has risk, doesn't it? Everything has risk. But if I know that I've got this great mailer that I always get a good return on, awesome. I can do it that way, get some return, pay my line. So don't think that net 30 lines are just a stepping stone in the building process. They can be very, very effective if you're using them properly and saying, how can I use this to create profit? Don't just think, how do I use this to, to build my profile? How do I actually make profit with this line? So some companies that uh, at the time of this recording, fair enough, fair at the enough. time of this recording, uh, some companies that offer like net type of lines, uh, advanced auto parts. I've got a list here in front of me in case you're like, man, he knows them in alphabetical order. He does not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> advanced auto parts. Amazon actually offers a net line of credit and it's pretty easy to get approved. 
honestly, for anybody that was just getting started and they asked me, Eric, what should my first line of credit be? Get it, look at it, get an Amazon net line of credit. A lot of times they'll offer you net 30, net 60, net line 90. Some businesses they even offer right out of the bat, a thousand dollar that that has very minimal any of, if any type of real credit requirements for your business. So Amazon, um, and what's not on Amazon? What what are you buying that isn't on Amazon? You know, like- <laughs> Yeah, everything's there. So, um, you know, Gimplers, Granger, Home Depot offers some net 30s and 60s, Lowe's, Quill, Staples, Uline, Wayfair, UPS. Um, those weren't in alphabetical order, those last two, but, um, <laughs> Guys, those exist, Office Depot, Office Max, those types of things. But remember, then use them because just having it, it's <coughs> excuse me, just having it doesn't work. I need you to actively use it. Okay. Then you move forward. And we're gonna move into some actual quote unquote credit card types of lines. And the easiest way is, is through gas lines, gas cards. And if you've read around the internet, you know that I'm, I'm just speaking off the most common info because this is all the part that's real, right? So BP, Chevron, Conoco, Shell, Valero, those types of things, get a company gas card. And every time you travel for business, use that card to pay for the gas every time. But Eric, what about the interest? I don't, don't pay any interest. I'm not telling you to pay interest because those types of cards are gonna have a grace period, 14 to 21 days, just like every other card out there. Just pay it off every week. Money that money that you're already gonna use on your business debit card. Guys, I'm gonna say something if you take anything away. If you have credit lines, there is no legitimate reason to use a debit card ever. Outside of one thing, I'll give you one thing, pulling cash out of an ATM. If you need to go grab some cash, don't do a cash advance off your card, use, use your debit card. But if for any purchase, there's no legitimate reason to use a debit card. Always use a business credit card. For one, I've got much easier accounting, much easier tax reporting, and I'm gonna get some sort of points or cash back or great purposes out of my cards. I travel for free all the time because I use points. I stay in hotels all the time. We, we upgrade when we go on our trips using points because every dollar I spend goes on a credit card. I pay mine weekly because it was money that I was already going to spend. The difference in utilizing a credit card as a tool as versus a way to hold debt is night and day. Credit cards are not a good place to hold debt, but they're a phenomenal tool for transacting your financial business. So always use a credit card. But then you're gonna move up one more step and you're gonna start getting with lenders and finance companies, right? Your lending clubs, your on decks, quarter spot. Uh, this is where I kind of start, you know, poking my head into the game at gogfo.com. But utilizing those types of financing companies to get financed for your business. And then if you've used that stuff for a little while, then real legitimate business lenders are gonna be looking at you as, as an option. But if you've never used any of those things and you've never created a history, they're gonna go, okay, I understand that, no worries. You've never created history, gotta start somewhere. So instead, let's take a look at your business finances. Let's look at your revenue. Let's look at your collateral. Do you own your, do you own your building? Are you, nope, nope, I'm just leasing the building. Well, how's your revenue? Uh, we're just getting started. What about your inventory? Uh, we, we're a service-based business. We don't have any inventory. Do you have any collateral? Nope. Okay, well then can we check your personal credit? Nope, nope, can't do that either. <laughs> 
but give me a million dollars unsecured a million dollars yeah and, and that's the thing i think a lot of people get into that game and they think oh well just give me money well yeah. what are you what are you offering in return besides what, what do you have to offer yeah. Yeah. start there that was wow that's the way it so, is man Lots of gold in there, and and honestly, that Walmart net ninety strategy, it's got my wheels turning, Eric. Dude, yeah, I'm telling you right now, people take those those lines because they're the the easy stuff, you know that that's the junk stuff that I just have to get out of the way to build. I don't know, man. There is some there's some major value there if you use those strategically. Yeah, that kind of opened Pandora's box for me as well. I'm like, okay, <laughs> time to start a new business based off of net thirty and sixty lines. <laughs> how can how I, I grow it and scale it with no money out of pocket? How do I get something in my hands that I can sell for more or turn around into profit and then and then come out ahead? That's what matters. Yeah. That's what business is. Man, that is so cool. So, so lots of gold today. So um, hopefully for those of you listening, this has helped kind of demystify this business credit process. And Eric said he wasn't going to pitch, but I'm going to do it for him. Um, his business like as you got into to listening to all of these things and which lender to match yourself up with he has built a business around knowing how to match people up with the right lenders to get them the credit that they need and we all know that that access to capital is one of the biggest drivers of helping your business grow and scale Absolutely. so if you are to a point you're like, okay, I want to grow, I want to get access to capital, and I just don't even know the next step, give Eric a call. Go to creditnerds.com, check him out. They can help. Yeah. And not uh, just with the business credit, also with personal credit too. If you're in that position that we mentioned earlier where you've had some challenges, um, yeah, it's both sides, business credit, personal credit, uh, I personally also have worked with Eric for, for many years, and um, yeah, it's great. It's been great working with him. Guys, the, the on the personal credit side, and, and, and the, pl the place that I would like to start, if I did pitch anything, and you'll see the, the, the route I'm taking here. If I did pitch anything, it's, guys, get your personal credit in order, and the, the doors open, right? It, they just open. So when you have business, you have to really build. You have to start somewhere. You have to have something to offer. Start with, start with your personal. Now, uh, at creditnerds.com, you get there, the button says, I wanna repair my credit, guys, it is free. And it's legitimate, good old fashioned, you don't have to give me your credit card number type of free. The only requirement of our service is that you keep an open three bureau premium monitoring account. That costs $39.95 a month, it's paid to the monitoring account company. Uh, we do require a specific one, and yes, of course, because I'm a business person, of course we get a marketing fee out of that. But that's between us and them. You have to have a monitoring account no matter where you get your credit repaired. But we do credit repair 100% for free. As long as you keep the monitoring account open, we'll work on the file at no cost. Why are we doing that? Why would I offer that? It's because I know that when we can get people's personal credit in order, money starts becoming a lot easier. And then they move over and use our funding services. And that's where we make our money. But I'm like, let me just build my own customer base here by repairing credit for no cost. So our credit repair services are the good old fashioned free kind of free. And the reason we do it is because we want to turn you into a customer of getting money. 
Well, and then a customer that will continue to grow and scale and build yep. new businesses. And, and that's how you create a long-term win-win relationship. That's right. Win-win-win. And we Boom. like that win-win because we don't trick the banks. We help people become the right type of borrower that the banks actually want. So a lot of companies, they, they try to trick the bank. So it's, it's a win-win-lose. The company wins, the customer wins, but the bank loses because the bank got tricked into giving you money that you shouldn't have. They, they, we committed a crime at that point. Uh, a lot of funding companies, a, a large fed, uh, national-based funding company was just shut down because they were providing false documents to banks. That's a federal wow. crime. So don't do that. We instead mold you into the type of borrower that the bank actually wants. So it's a true win-win-win. You win, we win, and the bank also wins because they want you as a customer. They just want you to be a legitimate, real customer. Do it right and it'll pay dividends. Love it. Absolutely. You fly, you fly. There's an old story. I, I won't take any more of your time. <laughs> drove everywhere because we didn't have anything. We didn't have, we would go to these training events. We would drive for hours and hours and hours to go. And then we would get there and we would say, they'd say, you drove, wasn't it like 20 hours? I'm like, yeah, we just love the trip and blah, blah, blah. No, we didn't. We didn't have any money to buy plane tickets. And we started at one point, we said, we will only do 100% compliant business, no trickiness, no shadiness, no nothing. And everything started going better. Everything started working better. Money started coming. So my, my statement is when you comply, you fly. When you yeah. don't, you drive. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Eric, for, for joining us today. Once again, guys, creditnerds.com is the place to go and uh, get more information with uh, Eric's uh, company and services that they offer. And uh, we forgot to mention at the beginning, Levi, forgot we to remind forget. about our seven-day quick start boot camp, the uh, absolutely free training series that we have available for you guys to help uh, you know, get your business started or get it scaled and taken up to the next level. So championhustle.com, of course, is where you can go to access uh, that full week of, of training, our gift to you. Also, uh, you know, you've got uh, all of the links for all the different podcast list uh, directories where we have the show, so you can get subscribed in your favorite, uh, on your favorite platform, as well as the video available on Facebook or YouTube as well. If uh, you want to see guys who have faces made for radio, you are welcome to <laughs> watch the, vi the video version and uh, see kind of a little bit of behind the scenes as we're recording this. So, yeah, thanks for joining us this week, Levi. Any final words of wisdom? So, so the last thing that I want to mention is come on back next week, and we're going to be talking about debunking the confidence myth. Awesome. We'll see you guys then. Have Take a great care. week, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Champion Hustle podcast. For more great content and to join our online community, visit us at championhustle.com. Oh,